Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into The Art of Statistics, a compelling guide that illuminates the world of statistical science for the everyday reader. Written by renowned British statistician David Spiegelhalter, this 2019 publication transcends traditional mathematical complexity, offering a human-centric exploration of how statistics inform our understanding of the world. Spiegelhalter, the esteemed Winton Professor for the Public Understanding of Risk at the University of Cambridge and a prominent figure in statistical communication, provides readers with an accessible approach to the discipline. As a past president of the Royal Statistical Society, his expertise lends credibility and depth to his explanations. The art of statistics serves as an essential primer not only for students seeking a non-technical grasp of statistics, but also for journalists striving for accuracy in reporting. It's a must-read for anyone eager to critically assess the barrage of statistical claims in their daily lives. This book takes you on a journey that goes beyond numbers. It examines the influence of media and cognitive biases on the portrayal and perception of statistical data. By the end of this episode, you shall be equipped with the foundational tools to understand and evaluate statistical information, inviting you to engage with the stories data can tell in a more informed and nuanced way. Join us as we unpack the art and science of statistics, where numbers meet narrative and data becomes a lens through which we can better perceive our world. The Art of Statistics, Learning from Data Introduction Unlock the power of numbers to become a savvy data detective. Imagine stepping into a world where numbers whisper the truth and patterns emerge like constellations in a clear night sky. That's the world you'll navigate confidently after learning the art of statistics. It may surprise you to hear that in our era of big data and algorithmic decision-making, Statistical know-how is more crucial than ever. It's no longer confined to research labs or academic journals. Statistics have spilled into the streets, influencing everything from political debates to your doctor's health recommendations. In a time when graphs and percentages flood our news feeds, claiming to represent indisputable facts, the true art lies in discerning what's genuinely informative from what's subtly misleading. It's not just about crunching the numbers. It's about reading the story they're trying to tell, and sometimes it's a story with an agenda. Whether it's a headline declaring a new superfood or a campaign ad swaying voter opinions with impressive figures, statistics can be wielded like a sword by those lacking the proper training. And that's where trouble brews. Without proper statistical vigilance, we're susceptible to the whims of anyone with a graph and a point to prove. So let's embark on this journey together where you'll gain the intelligence of a data sleuth, a Sherlock Holmes of spreadsheets. Along the way, you'll discover the statistical techniques that unmask the patterns left by nefarious criminals, the complex relationship between alcohol consumption and health, untangled with data, and the extraordinary abilities of a certain animal that, even in death, mysteriously responds to our emotional state. Prepare to sharpen your mind against the whetstone of probability and evidence as we peel back the layers of the statistical stories told to us every day. Part 1. D. 
discover the detective work behind the numbers. Ever pondered the detective stories that dwell within data sets? Well, the life of a statistician is not just about crunching numbers, but solving mysteries with a structured approach. Statistics is about giving meaning to data by walking through its life cycle with critical thought and precision. Consider the journey a statistician undertakes as the PPDAC cycle, a methodical walkthrough from posing questions to finding answers. Let's give these phases some context. Problem, plan, data, analysis, and conclusion. Imagine each as a stepping stone leading us from bewilderment to enlightenment. Take, for example, the chilling tale of Harold Shipman, a trusted doctor and a stealthy serial killer who eluded capture for years. The author's involvement in the case spotlights the essential role statistics played. At first, the problem was obscured by Shipman's respected position, but beneath the veil of trust, something ghastly lurked. Moving on to the plan, investigators designed a meticulous strategy to compare the mortality statistics of Shipman's patients with regional data, turning to the stark objectivity of numbers to reveal discrepancies hidden by Shipman's ruse. The data phase was gritty, hands-on work sifting through a sea of paper certificates, each a piece of the puzzle. Then, during analysis, it was the turn of technology and software to dance through the numbers, constructing revealing graphs showing two haunting trends, a higher death rate in Shipman's care and a window of time coinciding with his visits when the Grim Reaper seemed to strike. Finally, the conclusion dawned, as stark as the difference between life and death. The pattern spoke volumes. Shipman's misdeeds might have been unearthed as far back as 1984, sparing many souls from his lethal hypocrisy. In essence, a statistician uses the language of data to ask important questions, draw pathways to potential answers, and unearth truths that can sometimes save lives. They turn the cacophony of information into a narrative that can lead us to justice, truth, or simply a better understanding of our world. Part 2. Unveiling the Hidden Truths Behind Seemingly Straightforward Data Imagine data as a mirror reflecting our world. At first glance, it might seem to offer an unbiased image, yet upon closer inspection, we realize that the glass is sometimes subtly distorted. The interpretation of data, much like reflections, is vulnerable to the biases and judgments of those who collect and present it. Before data can speak truths, it requires us to pose specific questions. This initial framing is where human influence seeps in, often without notice. Consider the task of counting the world's trees. What we consider as a tree greatly shapes our outcome. Fixing criteria, such as a minimum diameter of four inches, already nudges the results along a particular path. This susceptibility to bias becomes evident when we look at crime statistics. Between 2014 and 2017, UK police reports on sexual offences nearly doubled from 64,000 to 121,000. Superficially, one might conclude that sexual crimes had surged. Yet, the increased figures were influenced not by a sudden rise in offences, but by a redefinition of seriousness in documenting these cases. This example teaches us an important lesson. Data does not serve truth on a silver platter, 
but is often flavored by subjective human input. We find similar biases in surveys. When we ask people to quantify the abstract, happiness, satisfaction, into neat categories, we lose nuances and invite subjective interpretations that could skew results. Crafting questions in surveys is like fine-tuning an instrument. The slightest change in wording can dramatically alter the tune. In the UK, the way questions were framed about lowering the voting age from granting younger people a new right to changing an existing one influenced responses significantly, highlighting the elasticity of public opinion under the weight of specific language. Sometimes bias hides in the range of possible answers provided. This was the case with a Ryanair survey where an overwhelming majority of passengers reportedly felt satisfied. Still, with only positive response options available, the survey was less an accurate measure of satisfaction and more a reflection of a constrained feedback mechanism. What unfolds in front of us is a sequence of constraints and interpretations that can mislead even the most discerning observers. The task for statisticians, then, begins with a recognition of potential biases and continues as an endeavor to dissect, comprehend, and adjust for these slants before the data can be analyzed in earnest. Part 3. The Art and Science Behind the Visual Storytelling of Data In the realm of numbers, not everything is black and white. Sometimes, it's a burst of color on a chart. The way that we visualize statistics is not just a matter of aesthetics. It's a crucial bridge between raw data and human understanding. Data visualizations are powerful tools that allow us to see the patterns in the noise without getting caught up in numerical calculations. They are what statisticians call interocular. They hit you right between the eyes with insights that don't need translation into complex formulas. Consider the simple clarity of a bar chart displaying the mortality rates of hospitals. With a mere glance, outliers jump off the page, capturing our attention more effectively than a spreadsheet ever could. But it's not so simple. Creating these charts is an act of balance, bordering on artistry affecting the reception of the information they carry. Think about the intricate decisions to be made when designing a graph, the choice of colors, the sequence of listed entities, the typography. A scatter plot splashed in alarming reds could unfairly skew the perception toward crisis, while a dull gray might downplay significant concerns. One example of the art of ordering data is how you might list hospitals when comparing mortality rates. You could sort them by rates alone, but here's the twist. Those hospitals treating the most critical cases might naturally have higher rates, so ordering them as such could unfairly denote their performance as inferior. Beyond design etiquette, framing, how information is presented linguistically, can determine whether the statistics impart reassurance or incite concern. An ad proclaims that 99% of young Londoners steer clear of serious violence and we breathe a collective sigh of relief. Yet flip that statistic to its sinister twin. 1% are involved in violent acts and we're suddenly on edge. Translate that 1% into a concrete number like 10,000 and the fear only magnifies. Those who wield statistics have at their disposal the tools of framing to sculpt public sentiment, to shock or soothe. 
Researchers and communicators must navigate this tightrope with a mix of conscientious design and carefully chosen words, all to ensure that the first response to data is an informed one rather than a primal reaction. It's a dance of clarity and responsibility that can make or break the message hidden in the numbers. Part 4. Navigating the waters of publication bias in scientific research. The pursuit of scientific truth is more than a noble quest. For researchers, it's a venture fraught with pressure and expectations. With careers often riding on the next big discovery, the temptation to nudge the data into revealing something, anything of significance is a very real challenge. A hidden variable in the equation of scientific integrity is the practice of multiple testing. It's akin to rolling dice repeatedly, hoping for a jackpot roll that will confirm a theory. But just as chance will sometimes give you a lucky streak, so too can it yield false positives in research, outcomes that seem illuminating but are merely statistical flukes. Consider a bizarre yet illustrative experiment, a dead Atlantic salmon subjected to brain scans while being shown images of human emotions. It was dead, remember, yet the scans lit up in 16 out of over 8,000 examined regions. This, of course, wasn't evidence of the salmon's secret cognitive life. It was a red flag for the risk of false positives when you test thousands of possibilities. The issue with false positives is not their existence, but their prominence. They tend to hog the limelight, while the contradictory or null findings languish in obscurity. This selective visibility has tipped the scales of scientific literature toward a troubling positivity bias. We're being serenaded by soloists while the chorus of dissension and uncertainty is muffled behind the curtains. The effect of this bias reaches far. Take, for instance, findings linking a favorite morning guilty pleasure, bacon sandwiches, to an increased risk of cancer. If that's where the story ends, it's quite alarming. But if this is just one chorus in a larger symphony of studies singing a different tune, the narrative shifts and concern may waver. John Ioannidis, a statistician from Stanford University, drummed up quite the stir when he provocatively declared that most published research findings are flimsy at best. His words serve as a cautionary tale, a reminder that the glitter of publication doesn't always equate to a golden truth. In the end, whether it's the seduction of attention grabbing headlines or the relentless grind of academia demanding results, it's clear the scientific community must continually scrutinize not just the data itself, but the mechanisms through which it's shared with the world. Part 5. When media storytelling overshadows the subtleties of statistical truths. The crossover of data into journalism holds promise as a beacon of enlightenment, a trend that could fortify public understanding with solid numbers and evidence-based insights. Journalists are now more than ever equipped with statistical tools to decode the stories behind the data. Yet, the very nature of storytelling, its drama and human dimension, can sometimes undermine the fidelity of these statistical narratives. A good story often thrives on emotion and impact, attributes that raw scientific data may not inherently possess. In their quest for viral headlines and a captivated audience, some media outlets might tip the scales from nuance to sensation, trading the integrity of the study for the allure of the news cycle. 
The author himself once witnessed how a single offhand remark on a study about Britain's sexual habits, musing about the potential distractions of Netflix, morphed into an overblown prediction about the future obsolescence of sex. Beyond the dramatic misquotations, there's also a subtler but pervasive inclination toward inflating statistical risks in media reports. Take, for instance, the findings on processed meat consumption and bowel cancer risk. The figure that seized headlines was a seemingly alarming 18% increase in risk. However, that was a relative measure, not an absolute one. The devil, as always, is in the details. That 18% rise comes off a base risk of 6% for non-consumers. Translated into absolute terms, we're looking at an actual risk increase of just about 1% for regular meat eaters, far from the numbers likely to induce public panic. This conflation of relative and absolute risk is but one example of how media can muddle the message, casting long shadows over the nuances that are critical to accurate interpretation. Against this backdrop of potential distortion, we should brace for more tales of interpretive twists and turns, all cautionary reminders to look beyond the headline and seek the full story the data seeks to tell. Part 6. When the story of average hides more than it reveals. Averages, the linchpin of many a statistical report, are not merely numbers, they're narratives in disguise. Statisticians often jest about averages to illustrate how they can paint deceptive pictures. For example, if you were to crunch the numbers, statistically, each of us boasts slightly fewer than two legs. That's leveraging the power of the mean average, which fails to account gracefully for the few who indeed have fewer limbs. Or consider this comedic tidbit. On average, humans have one testicle, a curious conclusion drawn from a mean average that counts women into the mix a clear misuse of statistical shorthand. This highlights the inherent weaknesses in one-size-fits-all approaches to calculating averages. For a quick recap, we have three types. The mean takes the total sum and splits it evenly across the count. The median finds the middle point in a lined-up sequence, and the mode identifies the most frequently occurring number. A mean average shines when numbers cluster neatly around a center. Step outside this ideal scenario, and it can lead to wildly misleading interpretations. Let's envision the survey data on sexual partners. An extreme few claim hundreds, while the lion's share cite a modest one to twenty. The mean, weighted by those outliers, skyrockets above the common experience, whereas the median offers a more down-to-earth perspective, and the mode zooms in on the most typical scenario. But here's the rub. When stats hit the headlines, the type of average behind the curtain is seldom revealed. A troubling omission, given that the mean, the media's favorite, is notorious for distortion. As a result, we're all too often served a diet of figures that feel alien to our lived realities. The takeaway? Engage with skepticism when averages are paraded as proof. Keep an ear out for the missing details that could tell a truer tale. And remember, not all averages are created equal. Part 7. The Persistent Puzzle of Correlation versus Causation It's the mantra drilled into every fledgling statistician's mind. Correlation does not imply causation. 
Despite its worn tread as one of the field's fundamental tenets, the media and public discourse continue to stumble over this fallacy, weaving narratives out of statistical shadows. From sensational news bites proclaiming higher education as a pathway to brain tumors, to hobnobbing health claims tying moderate alcohol intake to longevity, the illusion of cause and effect is a tempting trap. It's no wonder when studies serendipitously align, like the peculiar parallel rise in mozzarella consumption and the number of engineering PhDs, that were puzzled yet titillated by the absurd implications. The reality, however, is that correlations are a dime a dozen and needn't usher in causative explanations. They might be random flukes or sometimes inversely related, like when a study hints that abstainers from alcohol have higher mortality rates, not considering that it may be illness steering individuals away from spirited indulgences rather than teetotalism ushering them towards an early grave. Another confounder in the correlation-causation conundrum is the presence of a lurking variable, an unseen factor pulling the strings behind the scenes. Envision the summertime spike in ice cream sales and drownings. It's the seasonal sunshine, not the sweet treats nor the tragic accidents. That's the common thread. So, if there's one statistical snippet to tuck firmly into your belt, it's this. The relationship between two intertwining data sets is a dance of complexity, not a straight march from point A to point B. Correlation is a whisper of a possibility, not a declaration of truth, and discerning whether causation plays a role demands a more nuanced, inquisitive approach. Part 8. Grasping Probability. A challenge for the mind and society. The twists and turns of probability often leave even the sharpest minds lost in a maze of possibilities. When asked why the concept of probability trips up so many, the author offered a candid truth. Probability isn't just perceived as tough. It genuinely is. Consider the lawmakers of the UK, stewards of the nation's policy and legislation, who stumbled over a basic question. What are the odds of tossing two heads in a coin flip? Their floundering responses underscore that confusion over probability isn't confined to the classroom. It percolates through the highest echelons of power. Now, entertain a scenario involving breast cancer screening. With a 90% detection accuracy, one would hastily conclude that a positive diagnosis equates to a 90% likelihood of having the disease. Yet, the true probability is a mere 8% an unintuitive result anchored in the disproportionate number of false positives among a much larger group of women without breast cancer. Gambler's fallacy further spotlights our skewed grasp of chance. It's a misconception that fuels casinos worldwide, the belief that after a string of reds or blacks on a roulette wheel, the opposite color is somehow due. Alas, roulette balls lack memory, and each spin remains an independent event. Isn't it bewildering, then, that even as single events seem to mock predictability, a grand order emerges over time? Like a flipped coin inevitably settling near a 50-50 split, or the chaotic movement of gas molecules finding equilibrium? So too does society exhibit this paradoxical dance of order in randomness. Suicide rates, for instance, harbor a disconcerting consistency year after year, despite the deeply personal and erratic human experiences behind these numbers. Statistics 
when summoned with respect for its intricacies, wields the potential to be the physics of the social realm, a tool to traverse the unpredictable and extract patterns that guide our understanding. For those dedicated to unraveling probability's secrets, it's less a game of chance and more a science of certainty within chaos. Final Summary In this exploration of the statistical landscape, we've journeyed through the process and pitfalls that govern how data tells a story, unfolding the role statisticians play as narrators of numerical tales that can shape our understanding of reality. Accurate statistical analysis has the power to uncover societal patterns, revealing insights into everything from healthcare trends to educational outcomes. However, our navigation through this complex terrain uncovers the myriad challenges faced by statistics as it makes its way to us, the public. From the selective biases within scientific literature to the media's penchant for sensationalism and the nuances lost in averaging methods, we've seen how data can be contorted by hands other than those of the original researcher factor in the widespread misconceptions regarding probability and the perils of confusing correlation with causation, and it's evident why statistical literacy is not just an academic pursuit, it's a civic necessity. As our world becomes ever more data-driven, the call to sharpen our statistical acumen grows louder. Clearing the fog that can obscure data's truths allows us to engage more critically with the information that shapes our perceptions and decisions. This isn't just knowledge for knowledge's sake, but a foundational skill to navigate an increasingly quantified society. In elevating our data literacy, we become more informed citizens, empowered to sift through the noise and find the signals that matter. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.